Holy Hour of Power. This is UFC Catholicism, Ultimate Faithful Catholics. Myself and Terry, we are your spiritual fitness trainers. The UFC stands for not not Ultimate Fighting Championships. It starts. It stands for Ultimate Faithful Catholics, and I'm on duty. Terry, what about you, my yeah, friend? Yeah, see, I'm on duty, buddy, and I always I, I feel so fired up to speak about the truth of the gospel. And I, I don't know, I just, when I hear Jesse say he's the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I know our listeners get it, but I love it when he says it because I always say, well, I'm the ter- Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesse, that's who my life is centered on. Not a man, no, not even the church in the sense yeah. of the human aspect of the church. Yeah, the human exactly. I have to make that distinction, but it's Jesus right. Christ because he's the one who died on the cross for you and for me. And this is why the truth matters. Well, today, Jesse, is a special day. Last week I mentioned the uh, the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem coming out and saying he would want everybody to have prayers this Tuesday, today. He, this was last week. He sent a letter out on the 11th of October. And I'm happy to say, Jesse, our bishops picked up on it, encouraging, and we're going to be talking about that, prayer and penance for the folks in the Holy Land for peace, and so we'll be happy to do that. Also, Jesse, this is unbelievable. If this Is this microphone on? Am I really going to have to say this, Jesse? <laughs> yeah. Pro-LGBT Catholic, Catholic commentary. This is the Jerome commentary, third edition, 21st century edition. It's mockery. It's, it's so bad. When we get into it, you're going to be shocked to hear how bad it is. And again, reparation, 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 because our leaders in the church drop the ball, not even drop the ball, they're being identified with the world so much, and I think this is what Fulton Sheen's going to tell us a little later. But Jess, I only have three things to tell the good-to-know file. This is coming back to the Holy Land. Israeli boy featured in the COVID vaccine campaign, he died in a heart attack at age eight. Mm. I watched the video. Let's pray for his repose of his soul. little eight-year-old boy, I'm sure the parents thought they were doing the right thing, you know, to get him vaccinated. But again, so many deaths because of that. Wow. So sad. Also, this just came out of the cross about 30, sec- 30 minutes ago, Jesse. Pope Francis meets with pro-abortion, pro-LGBT sister Jean Gemmerich, who has been condemned by previous popes, okay, because of her, her pro-abortion position. Got a nice picture with her, with the Holy Father. I asked the Holy Father, when are you going to meet with Cardinal Burke and the Dubia Cardinals? I mean, I'm just asking, Holy Father, as your spiritual ch- children, it seems that um, uh, th- that uh, the guys that are holding us to a world biblical view aren't able to come in. And again, the worldly view seems to be coming to the Vatican, and that's a concern I have. Your thoughts, Jesse? Yeah, Terry, you're not the only one concerned. Uh, a, a very holy priest in the Diocese of San Francisco, yeah. Father Ilo. I know Joe Ilo from, yep, as a kid. He he wrote a long letter yep. to the Pope mm-hmm. asking the Pope, please. Yep, we talked. You're, yep. Yeah, you're scandalizing my flock. Yeah, it's hurting us. To, it's hurting evangelization. Yeah. yeah, you're hurting my parish by promoting homosexuality. God bless this courageous yep. priest, Terry. I mean, I, I, I mean, it takes, a, and the letter's <laughs> written so well, it just, like from a son to a father. That's the way it should have been. Yep. Yeah. Also, Israel says Hamas will not let civilians escape. That's right. The Israeli Defense Force says Hamas is blocking Gazan civilians from evacuating south as Israel readies expanded operations in the Strip. 
Hamas has both issued warnings to their civilians not to evacuate. Right. And when people didn't listen to those warnings of Hamas, they have actually stopped civilians and have stopped convoys of Gazan civilians trying to flee from the from the situation. Jesse, can you explain why? If you know, they want these people to stay in so that when they get killed and their bodies are maimed, they want to videotape that yeah. and put it on television and say, "See how bad they are." When are we going to get it, man? See how bad the Israelis are? Yeah, they 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 use their civilians, Terry, as yeah. human shield. Yeah, that's just sick. And and then. Once the, the the civilians are are, ki- are killed as a co- as a casualty of war, yeah, yeah, they video this and they put it all over the internet and they say, "See how wicked and evil these Jewish people are." Yeah, it's pure propaganda. Uh, that's why they use their civilians uh, as human shields. Iran also also threatens war with 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 Israel over Gaza. Iran's foreign minister on this is a mess over there, Terry. It is. It's Iran's been- foreign minister on Saturday warned the United Nations that Iran would launch a second. Front a, a second front against Israel if the nation launched a ground invasion into Gaza. The U.S. is now sending a second aircraft carrier, yep. the USS Eisenhower, to join the USS Ford in the eastern Mediterranean to deter Iran. Also, leftist, I mean, uh, lesbian Marxist LaFonza Butler of Maryland was sworn in to replace Dianne Feinstein as California's newest senator appointed by Gavin Newsom. So California now has a a lesbian Marxist female who is the senator of California. Wow. Is that unbelievable? Yeah. Welcome to California. Yeah. Also, uh, today's a global day of prayer and fasting. That's it. Catholic leaders from Jerusalem in the United States... The U.S. bishops have have designated today, right. Tuesday, October 17th, as a global day of prayer and fasting for peace in the Holy Land. Yep. And the call first came from Cardinal Biz- Pizabala, That's the right. Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem. Got the letter right here. He called last week for you for Christians to devote this day to fasting, praying the Holy Rosary, yep. and petitioning Christ in Eucharistic adoration. Cardinal Pizabala oversees both Israeli and Palestinian Christian communities. And finally, yes. Christians in in Gaza choose not to evacuate. A small minority of Christians in Gaza have opted to remain in Gaza City despite demands from Israeli military to leave the area because it is safer to remain in identifiable Christian facilities than to travel southward in the besieged region. Those who risk traveling have no place to go, are moving in open, dangerous roads, and face an even worse lack of essentials such as water, food, or fuel, said Cardinal P. Zabella. Terry? Well, well, we got lots going on, folks, but, you know, I want to ask Jesse if we're ready for some soul food, because after what I just heard from you, I need the good news preached right now, brother. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Today's Gospel, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 to 25. And it's also the Feast of St. Ignatius of Antioch, Bishop and Martyr. Pray for us. Amen. Today's first reading, which applies exactly to what's <laughs> happening in the synod and synodality. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, for Jew first and then Greek. For in it, it is, for in it is revealed the righteousness of God from faith to faith, as it is written. The one who is righteous by faith will live. The wrath of God is indeed being revealed from heaven against every impiety and wickedness of those who suppress the truth by their wickedness. For what can be known about God is evident to them. That's called natural law. Because God made it evident to them. Ever since the creation of the world, 
his invisible attributes of eternal power and divinity has be, have been able to be understood and perceived in what he has made. In other words, God is known by his creation. That's mm. what St. Paul's saying. As a result, they, the pagans, the, 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 the non-believers, they have no excuse. For although they knew God, they did not accord him glory as God or give him thanks. Instead, they became vain in their reasoning and their senseless minds were darkened. While claiming to be wise... Think about the Pharisees and Sadducees yep. and, this, and the secular Harvard humanists today. Yep. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the likeness of an image of mortal man or of, or of birds or of four-legged animals or of snakes. In other words, if you don't worship God, you're going to become, you're going to become an earth worshiper yep. or a creature worshiper. Therefore, God handed them over to impurity. So if you reject God... God will say, okay, follow your own lustful desires in your human heart. God handed them over to impurity through the lusts of their hearts for the mutual degradation of their bodies. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and, re- and revered and worshiped the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, today's gospel reading ended in verse 25. When you go from verse 26 to 32, it gets to the meat of it, and it talks about what, how are they given over into homosexuality and lesbianism. That's the punishment, but it's not. It, 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 I wish they would have included it in today's first reading. So I looked at tomorrow's uh, first reading to see if it's a continuation of Romans. Nope. Uh, now that was done purposely years ago when they did the revision. I remember yeah. talking about that, Jess. Yep. That's sad. Yep. They they took they took off the meat of Romans chapter one that yep. denounces homosexuality. Yep, yep, it's yep. off the lectionary. Yep. When we come, well, I'll tell you what. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room because he's going to talk about this. Why, why we're doing full sheen ahead? He says about secularization. That's what's going on in our church. He said, "Why are we deluged with books about secularization of Christianity? Because the world cannot see any great difference between the way we act and the way it acts." No one can influence the world who is too identified with it. Um, case in point, are we identified that says, hey, women should be priests? Come on, that's the world. Hey, homosexuality is just another expression of love. That's the world. Okay, Jess, yep. bottom line, we've identified ourselves too much with the world. We need to go back to a world biblical view because the view that's being presented right now has nothing to do with the Bible. And Our Lady of Fatima says, War is a consequence of sin. Right. The fact that we're legalizing sin in the U.S. Supreme yep. Court yep. And, in, and in synods of synodality by the highest authorities of the church, this is the consequence of disobeying God. It is war. War is a punishment for man's sin. Amen. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the fake Rome uh, biblical commentary, the third version. And that's exactly what is glorifying sin. What? Yep, it's shocking. Reparation, reparation, and reparation. That's what we need to make. Stay with us, family. We'll be back. Wow, Jesse, we're back. Jesse, it hurts me to even have to... I mean, I just spoke to one of our our priests here. He's a Vatican diplomat, Monsignor Harris. And he told me every 
one of the biblical commentaries, he said it came out the one, two, and three. First one came out like 68 or 67. He said, I got rid of that one. He said, they just keep getting worse. And I, wow. I just want to say that this third one is so bad because it fits right into with a worldly view of sexuality, a worldly view of, of you know, uh, justice in the sense of man and woman, no distinctions. It's just uh, really bad. So let's get into uh, this. And just, let's be honest with you. Pope Francis penned the foreword, uh, granting it uh, the publication of Neil Opstead. And Jesse, just I'll set the stage. We have Protestant friends that, and even people who are what we would call apologists who hate the Catholic Church, they're yeah. jumping on this and saying, you see, the Catholics are wrong here. You know what? I never thought I would agree with James White. I agree oh, with him on this. I know you're right. <laughs> Terry, I, I think as this is happening as a result of our friend Father Charles Murr, he, yes. do, he this is well documented. Talked about that and, Monday. And, Monday and Professor Professor Robert De Mattei, famous, another well-respected, famous Italian historian. Yeah. Both of them have written the way uh, in in the in the seventies. Yep. They recount the fact that there was high-level cardinals that were already active. Yep. Active Freemasons. Unbelievable. Yep. And 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 as a result of that. I would just say that they probably multiplied at this point. Of course they would. Uh, and and now we and there, by the way, all the key members of what we would call the Saint Gallen Mafia, they were all of them have been implicated by Father Murray in his research, and by R Professor Robert Matea as being a active Freemasons. So th this is what's this is why the new biblical commentary. It's uh, it's it's dissenting from the Catholic Church's teaching is because we do have what well, uh, until you accept that fact, nothing makes sense that we have Freemasons in high places that are running the church. Once you could accept that, you could red pill. You say, OK, this is all making sense. Now time to do prayer and reparation and fasting yep. and penance. So. Protestant apologists are ridiculing Pope Francis and the Catholic Magisterium as they should for granting approval to a Catholic biblical commentary that insists that the Bible does not condemn same-sex same-sex love. This is, is this microphone on, Jesse? As it is understood today, the Jerome biblical commentary for the 21st century teaches, quote, the Bible does not speak about same-sex love as one does today. What? Since the modern concept of homosexuality or homoeroticism was not known as a sexual orientation in antiquity. Unbelievable. Where the commentary has the forward by Pope Francis and has been granted a Nihil Obstat, which means nothing obstructs and an imprimatur, let it be published, which according to the imprint are declarations that the material is free from doctrinal or moral error. They ain't what they used to be, baby. That's why all the commentaries I use are pre-1965. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I really do. The only post-1965 commentary I use is Scott Hans because yep. it's it's reliable, and the Navarre. Yeah. But, but Those are good else, ones. Yeah. yeah. Everything else that I'll use, I'll use to re look up scripture would be pre-1965. So popular Protestant apologist Dr. James White condemned the book, saying in a YouTube video, quote, This has nothing to do with exegesis. This is woke propaganda masquerading as biblical commentary and scholarship. Close Can't believe I agree with this guy. This is the no. same guy, Jesse, not no. to divert, 
You got history with him. I got history for 40 years. Almost 1980, what would that be? 87, I, I, I recorded a Carl Keating, James White debate. And I'll never forget at the debate, Jesse, he was ridiculing uh, after the debate, the Catholic Church is teaching on transubstantiation. Transubstantiation. Yeah, transubstantiation. And he took a unconsecrated host, I assume, and threw it on the ground and stepped on it and said, that's what I think about your teaching on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, supposedly. Wow. And I was so, uh, he was just trying to incite a, a, a riot, man. I mean, you know, these old Catholic guys were like, you're wrong. You're No, no, back up because this guy's nuts. This is an anti-Catholic dude for 40 years, and he jumps on anything that can be, uh, you know, uh, a way of attacking uh, the Catholic Church. And in this case, Jesse, he's absolutely right. It has nothing to do with exegesis. This is all worldliness. It's not a world biblical view. Now, all you uh, homosexuality, the article says, was prescribed in the Bible because it did not provide offspring, especially when it was crucial for the identity and survival of the small community around Jerusalem in the Persian province of the Yehud in the 5th century. Yeah. The commentary warns Catholics against against using St. Paul's condemnation of lesbian and homosexual acts in Romans chapter 1, verse 24, all the way to the end, as a clobber text to denigrate persons with same-sex orientation. So the verse that we read today at Mass and the continuation, if you would read yeah. all the way to verse 32, the New Jerome Biblical Commentary is telling Catholics don't use that verse as a proof text against homosexuality. Jesse, let me jump in. This is timing that was done way in advance. This release of the Jer Jerusalem uh, Bible's commentary during the Senate when they're just debating these issues about homosexuality, women's ordination. This, to me, uh, is—I'm going to be honest with you, Jesse. This is how— the left operates, even in politics. They're doing, they're play, taking it right out of, right out of the left's rule book. Am I on to something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's is, how I see it. Timing. Yeah. And, and and also something else that uh, that the article says here. Yeah. Is uh, it talks it it's talking about feminist and Latin X biblical interpretations? Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is. A it says, uh, the other Paul also explored the commentary essays on feminist biblical interpretation in which biblical scholar Sister Barbara Reed writes, quote, More recently, some feminists have developed strategies from lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer perspectives. They show how categories, they show how categories that emerged in recent centuries are applied anachronistically to biblical texts to make modern-day judgments. Some look for insight from same-sex relations in the Bible by figures such as Ruth and Naomi or, or David and Jonathan, yeah. examining texts in which figures transgress what is traditionally considered <clears throat> proper gender behavior is another approach used by such scholars. So this Sister Barbara Reed is, is insinuating that Ruth and Naomi were homo-lesbians and that David and Jonathan were homosexuals. That's what she's referring to they're, here. They're setting the stage to convince us at the Senate— and that Catholics say, look, we've got to change with the times. Again, yes. this is this is their message, and the timing is perfect for the Senate because if they try to— and, and again, let me just reassure every single person listening right now. The Catholic Church can't change its teaching on homosexuality. 
It cannot change its teachings on women's ordination. This is part of the deposit of faith. So they're really just trying to start a new church, Jesse. That's, I mean, if they break away to do that, so be it. But that's not the Catholic Church. Yeah, they should. They should just be honest yeah. and break away, all yeah. of them, and start a new, de- well, call it whatever, call it the Church of Woke Catholicism, yeah. you know, uh, started in America. Be yeah, just be honest. Just leave the church. You're, they they claim to be of us, but they're not of us. No. They, no. and, uh, we don't have the same. That's not a biblical worldview. What does Jesse and I constantly talk about, folks? Have a world biblical view, not a worldly view that says, hey, the world says that we need to do X, Y, and Z. The heck with the world. We're here for the, we're, we're here to get to heaven. The serving, serving the world's view will take you right to hell. That's my opinion, Jess. It's uh, the, the last paragraph talks about revising earlier editions. Yeah. The first edition of the Jerome Biblical Commentary was published in 1968. Yep, that's what Monsignor said. Yep. The second revised edition was published in 1989. That's the one I have. I have the second yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, both editions clearly refer to homosexual acts as sodomy in the commentary on Leviticus 18.22. Right. In the section on Romans, the second edition notes, quote, the contrast between females and males shows that sexual perversion of which St. Paul speaks is homosexuality. So again, solid commentaries. And yeah, you don't, that goes. you don't need to be a brain surgeon to figure this one out, Jesse. No. Natural law plays a role here, folks. Go ahead. The conclusions of the Jerome Biblical Commentary for the 21st century yeah. on same-sex relationships, this new one, goes against a prevailing consensus in which liberal, conservative, secular, atheist, Jewish, Christian, LGBT, and heterosexual scholars agree that the Bible unequivocally prohibits homosexuality. Professor Robert, so even the left admits that homosexuality is, is, is prohibited in Scripture. Professor Robert Gagnon, a conservative, and I are in substantial agreement that the biblical text that deals specifically with homosexual practice condemn it unconditionally admits pro-LGBT biblical scholar funny. Dan Ovia. Yeah, God bless him, because I have more respect for him yeah. than our officials in our church, because you know what, Jesse? He says, the Bible does teach this. I just happen to disagree with it. Exactly. Yeah, same with Father Martin. He says yeah. the same thing. Yeah. The Bible condemns homosexuality. I just disagree with the Bible. Someone just texted us, Jesse. Say, Terry, saving the world will get you to hell. It's not your opinion. It's a fact. You're right. I shouldn't say my opinion. Yeah. The, the Bible makes it very clear that if you serve worldly views, you you won't be in, inherit you won't inherit the kingdom of God. I mean that's a, a principle of the uh, of the scriptures. So thank yes, you for that. Text. Absolutely. Yep. It says nowhere does Paul or any of the other Jewish writer of this period imply the least acceptance of same sex relations under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. Writes Lewis Crompton, <laughs> a self identified homosexual pioneer of gay studies an emeritus professor at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. So again, he admits it. Homosexual scholars admit that the Bible condemns homosexual practice. Lesbian professor Bernadette Bruton at Brandeis University pronounces her verdict. Quote, I see Paul as condemning all forms of homoeroticism as the unnatural acts of people who have turned away from God. So again, another admission from a lesbian professor. Yeah. Professor Mar- Marty Nissinen from the University of Helsinki, yeah. the author of academic books on the Bible and homosexuality from a pro-gay perspective, agrees that nothing would have made Paul approve of homoerotic behavior. Honest Finally, man. Yeah, another honest man. Uh, professor Pink Prunk, a gay professor at the Free University in Amsterdam, is emphatic about the Bible. 
says whenever homosexuality intercourse is mentioned in scripture, it is condemned. The New Testament adds no arguments to those of the old. Rejection is a foregone conclusion. So you got a bunch of homosexual lesbians, <laughs> uh, biblical scholars that admit yeah. that the Jerome, the new Jerome biblical commentary is wrong. Yeah, see, my only thought is, and I could be wrong on this, but when people want to change the moral teachings of the church, usually it's not for anyone else except for themselves. Yeah, my own, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I don't know for a fact, but people are uncomfortable with this teaching, not because of their brother or someone. Usually, it, it's their own actions. That's been my experience. Yours too? Yeah, Terry, that's why St. Jerome, he actually said, he said, quote, it is rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. St. Jerome, <laughs> it is well, rare to find a heretic that loves chastity. Makes sense to me. Hey, we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess and Terry, we'd be billionaires. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back. Jesse, you you constantly mention reparation, reparation, reparation. I, I mean... When I encourage people in the church, I said, we're living in these tough times where our leaders are not giving us a world biblical view. They're giving more of a, a, man, a worldly view. And so we need to be praying and making reparation. But Bishop Sheen said this, Jesse, that the lay people back in the early 70s when things were like this and very bad, he said, you lay people, hold your bishops to be holy, your priests, your religious, hold them. And I want to just say this. Because some people say, Jesse Romero, Terry Barber, you're too hard on the Holy Father. Well, in 2018, we have a quote here from Pope Francis to the Italian bishop saying, I welcome criticism. Okay, now he might not take it that well, but he's, he said that, criticism. And I only criticize the Holy Father not as, you know, being angry with him. I'm criticizing him because I feel that we're helping him because... He is the shepherd of the church. He's the vigor of Christ. And we need to pray for him and ask him to confirm us in our faith. And Jesse, this is a moment I want to talk to you about people asking us, is he the Pope? Because we've had friends from Dr. Ed Mazza, Father James Altman, other friends of ours say that he's not the Pope. And I just want to clarify something because Archbishop Vigano even said, hey, is he the Pope? Here's a, and, and, I'll, and correct me, Jess, this is what I mentioned to you off the air. Yep. That, hey, uh, you know, when you mentioned marriage in Archbishop Vigano's article that, hey, uh, you know, uh, an annulment can be done, uh, you know, but they're not really married. Well, the church presumes or that when you get married, you're married until the annulment process investigation is done. So in the same way, the pope is the pope. He's been acknowledged by the pope. And if he isn't the Pope, someone with a higher pay grade than Jess Romero or Terry Barber, like the next Pope, they can fiddle, figure these things out because we can't. We don't have the authority to do that. Now, add something onto that, but I just wanted to clear the air on that, Jess. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's simple. It's 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 above our pay grade. Yeah, it's it's something that it, it's like when you see somebody getting married in a Catholic church. We've all been to Catholic weddings. Yeah. And of Ken, and and you present, okay, they're married. They got married in the Catholic Church. They right. exchanged their vows. Yeah. And then somewhere down the line, you know, the couple, they're they're not getting along. They're going at it like cats and dogs. 
and uh, they ended up getting an annulment. You're saying, wait a minute. The church and I witnessed the sacrament. There was some impediment. There. Yeah, there was some impediment. Yeah. We didn't know. I, I see the exchange of vows yeah. again. External. So internally, what happened yeah. is the church, through a tribunal, investigated and saw that there was a defect in the consent. Thank you for saying that. There is a defect in the consent, yeah. and then so the church has determined through a tribunal and an investigation. Right. That it was not a sacramental marriage, but, he said, but I witnessed it. And yeah, yeah, but the authority, the church has the authority uh, after an investigation to render that judgment. That same thing, Terry, with 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 any pope. Yeah, it, it it's going to have to be done. Well said. By, yeah, by cardinals in a tribunal. Uh, but again, as a Catholic, when you see the white smoke go up, we just presume that he's the pope. Uh, period. Yeah. Now, uh, as as Catholics. We can criticize the Pope. He's told us this himself. That's right. In several he welcomes audiences. Welcomes it, he said. He, yes. Pope Benedict has said the same thing. Yeah. You can criticize me. In fact, this is, this is canonical. Uh, Canon 212 and paragraph 907 of the Catechism, it also gives lay people this right and duty and authority. It says, according to the knowledge, this is to lay people, according to the knowledge, competence and prestige which they possess the laity have the right and even at times a duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church and make their opinion known to the rest of the christian faithful without prejudice to the integrity of faith and morals and with reverence towards their pastors and attentive to common advantage and the dignity of persons that's what me and Terry try to employ Amen. here all the time. And Cardinal Raymond Burke even said a couple of years ago in an interview, in an interview at LifeSide News, he said, Catholic faithful must remain in the church, but hold bishops accountable to apostolic tradition. Amen. While the Pope is the Bishop of Rome. And that's all we're doing as lay Catholics. We're trying to hold him accountable to apostolic tradition. And, and it, it's going to take zeal, yeah. zeal, love for the church, love for God. Uh, servant of God, Father John Harden said, yeah. I can honestly tell you the future of the church in our country yeah. depends heavily on the zeal of lay Catholics like yourself. And let's not forget that the spiritual works of mercy, it tells us to instruct to counsel That's and right. advise the ignorant, Terry. And the only thing I'll add to that, Jesse, is that Pope Francis, every priest, every bishop made promises when they were ordained to the Catholic priesthood. And one of the promises was that they would hold and teach the deposit of faith. Now, Jess Romero made a promise many years ago on the altar with his wife, Anita. Terry Barber made a promise at the altar for his wife, Mary Danielle. Why? I made a promise and Jesse, if I love you, if I love my brothers and sisters, I'm going to hold you for some reason. And what I said, oh, you got to, you made a promise, Jess, keep it. Well, this is love. So really what we're doing to the Holy Father here is an expression of love by saying to him, look, Holy Father, this is part of the deposit of faith. What you're doing is you're deviating and you're reneging on your promise. And I know that I'm going, to be, I'm going to be judged on how well I love my wife and my family and doing my duty, and it's the same for you. So out of Christian charity, 
we're calling you out with love and devotion. That's as simple as I can put it, Jess. That's right. Terry, I want to talk about a hero of the faith and named St. Ignatius of Antioch. Yeah, let's talk about that. Dude. It's his feast day today. Yeah, let's do it. This man was thrown to the lions. St. <laughs> Ignatius of Antioch was a bishop and a martyr. Yeah. He was an important bishop who suffered martyrdom early in the second century. Yeah. He was born in Syria, which where Christianity was, was planted there very early on, right in the New Testament. Yes. According to legend, he was the child whom Jesus placed in the midst of his disciples yes. to teach them humility in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 and 4. Right. And there's more reliable, more reliable are the stories that state that he was a disciple of the apostle St. Peter and Paul and or St. John. There's different accounts. Yeah. So Ignatius became the second or the third bishop of Antioch, which is an important Syrian city, and it was the major center of early Christianity. During the persecution, when Christians were ordered to deny their faith under pain of death, Ignatius, by then he was an old man. <laughs> he, he refused to do so. Yes. He was a well-known Christian, so he was sentenced to die in Rome itself by the Roman emperor. So on his journey to Rome, he was escorted by a squad of soldiers. He referred to them as the ten leopards yes. and, and noted that their behavior gets worse the better they are treated. During this persecution, he wrote seven famous letters or epistles. Six of them were letters of exhortation to various Christian communities. And the seventh was a letter of pastoral advice to St. Polycarp, whose feast was, is February 23rd, whom he met shortly after his arrest. In his writings, St. Ignatius, he urged the Christian communities to remain faithful to their bishops because this was essential to preventing heresy and division and to keeping the house, the church, standing strong. In his letter to the Christians of Rome, Ignatius begged them not to work for his release, for he deeply desired to die as a witness to the Catholic faith. Wow. When Ignatius arrived in Rome around the year 107, he was thrown to the lions in the Colosseum and met his death bravely as a martyr for the Lord and his church. Look at what St. Ignatius writes in one of his letters. Look at this one paragraph. He awesome. says this, quote, yeah. No earthly pleasures, <laughs> no kingdoms of this world can benefit me in any way. I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the furthest limits of the earth. He who died in place of us is the one object of my quest. Wow. St. Ignatius of Antioch. We pray, dear Lord, St. Ignatius of Antioch was ready to be torn apart by a lion rather than to be separated from you. In light of his zeal, my own fervor is so weak. Lord, give us courage and strength to proclaim your truth no matter what the cost to us. Heal us in those areas where we're weak and fill us with your divine love and renew our faith and hope just like St. Ignatius of Antioch. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Ignatius of Antioch, pray for us. Jesse, yeah, what's the connection? I know it, but I want you to share it, brother. Seven letters. St. Paul talked about seven. Uh, Strickland is writing seven letters to mm -hmm. teach the, the fundamentals of the faith. It seems like all these guys that did this, they all got their heads chopped off, literally. And so I'm just wondering uh, what the connection with the seven letters is. Yeah, uh, the, well, the seven is a sign of the covenant. Yeah. It's a sign of, it's a sign of perfection. It's a sign of God. Right. And so, uh, you know, there's there's so many things in the Bible that come in multiples of seven. Yes, yeah, in the New Testament. Yeah. 
all kinds of things are made. You know, the day, the seven days of creation. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, just forgive your your brother seven times seventy. Right. That that's just. But the fact is, is that uh, God has given us as as Catholics uh, these these last seven letters. They're basically what's called. Their swan song. Yeah, That's their go. swan song. <laughs> it, it's 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 their it's their eulogy, Terry. Right. They get get it on paper. The, they're giving their own eulogy yep. before they're about to be killed. Right. And 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 I say that because you know Bishop Strickland, uh, spiritually, he may suffer some type of death, yeah. and he's prepared for it. Oh, yeah. That's why he's prepared us with seven. I think he's on letter number six, or is he, he on letter six. number seven? He's on number six. Okay. Uh, he's going to write seven letters, and who knows? The Holy Spirit, after the seventh letter, uh, might might uh, allow the, his enemies to get rid of him. But the fact is, that's his swan song. And what they're Terry, what they're doing is is these letters they continue preaching from yes. the grave. Ah, uh, well said, Jess. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Latin Patriarch of Jerusalem asking all Christians to fast and for penance on the 17th of October, which is today. And our American bishops picked up on it. Thank you, bishops. We're going to talk about that and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. We're going to be back in a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jess, you were talking about Our Lady of Fatima saying that sin is a punishment, uh, war is a punishment for sin. And this was back in 1917. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, things are a lot worse than they were in, in the sense of with pornography and all the rest. So this patriarch, the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, is asking not just his own diocese, yes, the whole world to make sacrifices for today, the, the uh, Tuesday that we're in right now, the 17th of October, for fasting, abstinence, prayer, his Eucharistic adoration, I mean, the rosary. He's, he, why is he doing it? Because, I mean, we're not just talking about the Middle East at war. This could explode to a world war. Am I on to something? Terry, so not only is there physical warfare in the Holy Land, there's also spiritual warfare in the Holy Land. And I'll tell you why, because there's a lot of Catholics that are stuck in in the Gaza Strip in Palestine. They can't get out. I think there's one Catholic parish in in that area, one Catholic parish. And so the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, Cardinal Pierre Batista Pisabala, and the USCCB are calling for a worldwide day of fasting, prayer, and abstinence today, October. So today, as Catholics, do something extra. Yep. If you went to Mass, if you can get in another extra Mass, or do a holy hour, yep. or pray two rosaries instead of one, Right. Uh, maybe you know, do, do all the uh, Angelus' six, 12 noon and six, uh, fast from meat today, mm-hmm. uh, abstain from soda or something that you like, maybe... Right. You know, Candy, do something today extra and offer it in reparation for the sins that are being committed as a result of war, because war is punishment for sin. Now, the the cardinal from the Holy Land says 
in a letter, he's writing to, to Latin Catholics in Israel, the Palestinian territories, Jordan and Cyprus. He says, let us organize prayer times with Eucharistic adoration and with the recitation of the rosary to our blessed Virgin Mary. Although most probably in many parts of our diocese, circumstances will not permit large gatherings. It is possible to organize simple and sober common moments of prayer in parishes, religious communities, and families. Catholics around the world have expressed their solidarity in pledging to fast and pray for peace in the Holy Land, which has undergone significant violence every day for the past week. The pain and dismay at what is happening is great. Once again, we find ourselves in the midst of a political and military crisis. We have suddenly been catapulted into a sea of unprecedented violence, says Cardinal Pisabala. Jesse, one of the significant things of this article that I got me was that the bishop picked October 17th, the Feast of St. Ignatius of Antioch, mm. a first century martyr, uh, you know, one of the church fathers. I think that's significant, don't you? Yeah. Uh, I mean, think because, about it. Martyr. Yeah, that, you're right, because I think what he's trying to signal yeah. is that he can actually die a martyr. Absolutely. And in fact, Terry, this brave cardinal, he's actually offered himself in yes. exchange for the release of children held hostage by the yeah. Hamas terrorists. Yeah, that's awesome. So this Latin patriarch, this guy's no sissy. Trust no, me. no. And you know what, yeah. Jesse? He's imitating Jesus Christ yeah. when he does that. What did Jesus die? He died for us on the cross. And you see, this is why we need bishops who understand their victimhood. Okay? Sheen talked about this. I think a lot of times the priests and bishops think that they're in for just, you know, fun and games in the sense of without for Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. Our shepherds are supposed to be able to lay their lives down for the sheep. There's a reason red carpet, uh, red, uh, cardinals are wearing red for martyrdom, man. No, th this cardinal understands why he's wearing red. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, during a video with a journalist based in Rome, yeah. The cardinal was asked if he would offer himself in exchange for the release of hostages. He responded, am I ready for an exchange? Anything. If that can lead to freedom and bring those children home, no problem. There is an absolute availability on my part. Close Jesse, close. he would go straight to heaven for uh, if he died a martyr for those Gosh. children. That, I mean, do you realize this man's faith is he's got it, Jess? And and he'd and he'd have a high place in heaven, Terry. There you go, boy. Because <laughs> there's there's the whole thing called the doctrine of rewards. Yeah. Uh, so you know this cardinal. The first thing he said, the first thing to do is to try to win the release of the hostages. Mm. Otherwise, there will be no way of stopping an escalation. He says we are willing to help, even me personally. God love him. He says, so this cardinal he oversees. The uh, he oversees the both Israeli and Palestinian Christian communities. The Israeli military has confirmed that Hamas is holding, as of yesterday, 155 people hostage after its deadly attack on October 7th. The cardinal's comments come just days after he was called for October 17th to be a worldwide day of prayer and fasting. The Jerusalem Patriarch, like all cardinals wears a, a, a scarlet cassock, which is a sign of the blood of the martyrs. Mm. At an investiture of cardinals in 1998, Pope St. John Paul II said, quote, red is a sign of the dignity of the office of a cardinal, signifying that you are ready to act with fortitude, mm. even to the point of spilling your blood for the increase of the Christian faith. 
as I said, Terry, this this is true Catholic chivalry. I love true it. Catholic masculinity. That's inspi- Jesse, that inspires me. Okay, oh, gosh. these this is the kind of shepherds that inspire us. The ones that don't inspire me that say, "Oh, let's get with the world and this," you know, uh, kind of lower the bar. Jesse, I, this was exciting. I just want to, I forgot to mention one more thing, and this is another archbishop who, who said this, and this is right for the Jerome commentary, all of it. His Jose Miguel Gomez Rodriguez. Sounds like a Mexican, doesn't it? He's the archbishop of Colombia. He said this uh, about, he said, the Senate on Synodality cannot remove pages from the Bible. And I say that about the Jerome commentary and about everything. Jesse, the Bible, there's no expiration date on this Bible. And, and many of us in the church right now, whether it's the Senate or whether it's the biblical commentary of St. Jerome, they're saying that the authority that they have trumps the Bible. And I say, go pound sand, because that's not the Catholic faith. Yeah, that's not even what, uh, you know, uh, the, the the latest council Vatican II, which you know, yeah. uh, which did have Masons there, obviously yeah, yeah. As, as theological experts. The, Vatican II doesn't even say that. Nope. It says it says that the magisterium, it says that the bishops and pope are underneath the Word of God. They're at the service of the Word of God. They're not above the Word of God. If you notice, that's why even it's physically manifested during the sacred liturgy, that's right, yes. where you'll have the deacon or the priest. They have the gospel where under their waist, under their feet. No. Over their head with their arms exactly. extended. Exactly. That's that's symbolic of what Dave Verbum says yeah. that the magisterium, the prelates, are under the word of God. And that's a physical demonstration of it at every Catholic Mass. So to summarize the position that Catholics should have is a world biblical view. Not compromising where the world puts their own input and saying we need to let this happen, let that happen. And what kind of action items can we do as lay people? I'm not management. I'm in sales, just too. But what we can inspire our lay people to do is, again, what this patriarch said, prayer and fasting, almsgiving. I mean, we we can affect the world in a positive way yeah. by our prayers. The last thing I want anybody to do is be disillusioned and say, you see, uh, I, those guys don't believe. I don't believe. Can I ask you a question, folks? Don't give me that. That's a cop-out to say that, well, the Pope or the bishops or the priests, they obviously don't believe. Why should I? You know what? When you get to your judgment seat, try working that as, as an excuse. It won't work. So what we need to do is dig deep right now with supernatural yes. faith and ask it, Jesus Christ for more faith. Go ahead, Jess. Yeah, Terry, that's Fire me right, Jess. Go. Yeah, right, right, right now, it's exactly, this is a, a, a time the to Catholic dig moment, deep. Dude. Yeah, this is, we were born for such a time oh, as you. this. And like St. Faustino was told by our Lord Jesus Christ that we're on a great stage right now exactly. where all heaven and earth are watching us. Yes. St. Faustino, Jesus told her, fight like a knight, Faustina, yes. so I can reward you. Do not be unduly fearful because you are not alone. Let's not forget that the Bible mentions over 300 times, do not be afraid, only believe. Wake up, America. Wake up, Catholics. Don't hit the snooze button. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? And let's not forget that we serve the virgin most powerful, a 12-star general. 
Pray rosaries today. Not the rosary. Rosaries today. Pray the divine mercies today. Many of them. Read your holy Bible. Unite your prayers today to the heels of the blessed Virgin Mary. Unite your St. Michael, the archangel prayers, to the sword of St. Michael. And let's continue delivering powerful blows to the kingdom of darkness and tear down the gates of hell, which are modernism, Marxism, and masonry. Jesse, why don't you really tell me what you think, brother? When I said fire me up, you just did that. Sign me up. And everybody listening, let's take heed what Jess just mentioned, man. This is a Catholic moment for us all. Don't, don't, set, out, don't sit this one out, folks. Get, get, you know, get your rosaries out. Get your visits to the Blessed Sacrament. Remember, you know, Our Lady said this. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. What sacrifices am I willing to give up? for the good of souls. How about you? I mean, this is a perfect day for penance and almsgiving, all of the above. So let's keep that in mind. Jesse, uh, last thing I want to ask you, for those who uh, maybe haven't been to confession in a long time, they're going, yeah, I've been listening to you guys, but it's been difficult. How, How would you encourage someone right now who's been away from the sacrament of confession to get back in the box? The sacrament of confession is a hundred more times powerful than the rite of exorcism. Repeat How's that, that for That's, starters? That, that signed me up, dude. I went Monday, believe me. Here's something else. Yeah. When a priest absolves you, yeah, yeah, abs- the, the, the Latin word absolvere, yeah. the, when the priest absolves you at the very end, every time you commit a mortal sin, you bind yourself to the demon of that particular mortal sin. When the priest absolves you, the Latin word indicates that the priest, what he does is he dissolves the bond between you and that demon of anger, that demon of lust, that demon of pornography, that demon of masturbation, that demon of whatever. The, the absolving in Latin means to dissolve the bond. You were bonded to a demon through mortal sin. The absolution dissolves the bond. How's that for getting to confession? Yeah, sign me up. Let's get in it. Again, how often? At least once a month, everybody. Yeah. And how, how often do you take a shower? I hope yeah. it's not. Come on. I hope, yeah, I hope I mean, not once a month. Exactly. I hope not, folks. <laughs> Jesse, uh, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Remember, Catholics, we fight for altar and throne. One day, the altar and throne will be inseparably united under Christ the King forever. And I will leave you on this note. Truth is not something we invent. It's something we we discover. And we discover it through Jesus Christ. And I would say a prayer. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, I give you my heart and my soul. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, assist me in my last agony. Because you know what? Last time I looked, Jess, nobody gets out alive. And remember, earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. Thomas Moore. That's what we got to be focused on, the next life. Thanks again for joining us, and may God richly bless you and your family.